Well, good morning again. As you begin to come back and sit down, you will notice that we have some volunteers starting, and if not already started, but we have some clipboards going around for volunteers sign up, and I'll talk about that more in a little moment. All right, on that volunteer sign-up list, we have some people that want to maybe talk about it. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Good morning. Oh, that was painful. Um, we've got clipboards, as you can see behind me, are um, passing them around. We're starting from the front, in the back, in the front, and we're going to meet in the middle. And what we are looking, I'm Carla, I'm part of the kitchen. And I've got Mary joining me, and I think Zach's out there somewhere. It just is really bright. You don't see anybody. Um, we're looking for help. Uh, we have a lovely fellowship time afterwards. I think that we can all agree that we love it. And with that being said, we'd really appreciate some more volunteers to help. And would you be willing to help monthly, um, a couple times a year? Uh, it's also a great time of fellowship. Uh, if you have a certain date, you are certainly welcome to put that on there. Um, we're also, uh, I forgot that bag. Zach, can I get that bag, please? Yes, that one. Um, so if you want to help with coffee time, um, it's coming in, it's helping start the coffee, it's um, putting some water out, um, maybe cookies. We, we have it ready. It's just you preparing it and putting it out. It doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, you can put a check there. If you have a family meal that your family just loves and you want to prepare that for the congregation, I'll help you figure out how much to buy. Why are you hiding? You're supposed to be up here. Um, oh, you okay. okay. Um, you can do, you know, check for that spot. If you want to even just help, uh, we've got Julie who just baked for us last week. Thank you. Um, I, you can go in and help her put it together. Um, uh, myself and Scott, I mean, uh, if you're not quite sure you want to take on the whole meal, however you, you know, um, if we, times that we need funerals, we need help. If you would be willing to be put on that list, um, doesn't mean you have to, but at least it gives us someone to go off of to call. Uh, clean up, if we're going to eat, there's always a mess, so we always appreciate people coming forward. And Thursday pickup. Um, Thursday pickup is an occasional Thursday. Uh, we have a food truck that comes to either the church here or we meet them at Four Willies. We've had a couple of incredibly faithful people, and I love them to pieces, but I just, I would love to see if maybe some couple other families in the area maybe would come forward and just, it's not an every Thursday thing, it's generally a Thursday afternoon. Um, looking at maybe 10, 15 minutes um, of your time. So, and then, am I forgetting anything else? It, I, I know I'm doing a little bit longer, but you know what? The Lord just gave me as we were worshiping, which was amazing. Um, Nehemiah 3. And it's after arriving in Jerusalem, Nehemiah set out in the night to investigate the city's conditions. It was in bad shape probably worse than he had imagined. The work ahead was massive, and it would require many hands. As the saying goes, many hands make light work. Even still, one might easily have looked at the job and said, it's too big. Nevertheless, the people offered up willing hearts and ready hands, and God can work with that. It, if any great task you need, a leadership, a vision, and some skin in the game. 
Nehemiah was clearly the leader. He had a burden for the Lord and a plan in place. That was necessary. But what was most necessary was people. People are always the way in which God advances his plans on the earth. It was the people who had to say, let us rise up and build. Without everyone involved, the task was too great. The high priest, verse 1, a goldsmith, a perfume maker, verse 8, a city leader and his daughters, verse 12, all put their shoulders to the work. Some did more, some did less, and some, some did nothing at all, verse 5. Their names were recorded in the Bible because God cares about people and not just projects. The people worked with all of their hearts side by side. Families worked together, built a section of the wall just in front of their own home, verse 28 and 29, because individually protected homes adds up to a, make a collectively protected community. When those with more skill and energy finished their own section, they went on to help others, verse 30. The things that are too much for just one person or even a few are achievable when everyone rises up and gets involved. God has strategically placed us where he wants us to be in order to accomplish great things. He has an important work for us to do in the church, in neighborhoods, in business, in government, and especially in homes. So together, let's get our hands on the work. Thank you. And there's only 53 weeks in a year. So if you want to break it down like that. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's a great segue, actually, in a moment. And God is so good. You know, we, I love what Zach has incorporated with our Sunday fellowship time with cookies and stuff. Um, and I had uh, wonderful members of the congregation just bring us a couple of things of um, donut holes. We are looking for, if you are a baker and you want to make a couple of zucchini breads or pumpkin breads or whatever, bring it. We, um, all I would ask is that maybe you put your family name on it and the date, and we'll get it in the freezer, and or your grocery shopping, and you feel like you want to pick up a couple of something, we'll stick it in the freezer, and we will put it to good use. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And I want to thank all the volunteers, honestly. It's, it's been amazing to watch. Uh, this church is incredible, and we're going to talk about giving cheerfully and joyfully in a moment. But uh, just a few announcements this morning. <clears throat> The usual announcements, but some cool ones as well. Amplify Youth Group, don't forget that at church here is accepting donations for completing and updating the upstairs youth room. I'm not sure where we're at. Did you see where we're at? Like, that's pretty amazing. $825 and keep it up. The update will include paint, decor, lights, and general needs. If you feel led to give money to the Amplify Youth Group um, of 10th Street Community Church, you can give online or in person at the church. There's a sign and box for nations in for for nations for donations in the fire foyer uh, Wednesday February eighth don't forget touch point with Pastor Steve and Joyce nine a.m. in the morning it's about how to feel or have a happy soul rather check online for the archived ones as well six p.m. Um, amplify again Wednesday youth group meeting and six p.m. TCC kids join the fun and see men's group also is six o'clock. Uh, we need someone with IT experience. You've heard that in the last few weeks. If you have any IT experience, you know what's going on inside a computer, please help. If you could, with the church computers, uh, we need to do some updating. And please talk to Andrew Erholtz if you are interested. Uh, for other messages, previous archived messages, go ahead and check the website if you can. And Facebook, you have the link there as well on the website. Um, I want to jump in real quickly. If you could turn with me. I don't want to take too much more time, but, you know, it's been a very blessed morning, and it's been a very interesting to watch things play together this morning, and uh, I really appreciate it. 2 Corinthians 9. Can you jump there with me, please? 2 Corinthians 9. 
give you a moment. Now, I've been trying to dive into the life of Paul myself and kind of understanding where he was in history in the New Testament. Now, at this point in Paul's life, he's kind of on full out righteous defense mode because everybody's trying to call him out. Well, if you're so close to God, why are you being persecuted so much? So he's trying to talk to everybody and say, hey, I'm not, I'm graced. I'm given God's grace and you are too. Now, also in 2 Corinthians, there is some thought thinking that this book was written or transcribed as an actual visit from Paul to Corinth. It reads more like a letter, and it could be that way either. So there's kind of two things going on, possibly. But the most important things are what Paul is telling Corinth. I'm going to read the first passage a couple different ways real quickly. 9-1. There is no need for me to write to you about the service to the Lord's people. For I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you and Achaia were ready to give. You and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I'm sending you the brothers in order to that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow. Now I'm going to start over. I kind of think Paul was saying it this way, and this is why I say that <clears throat> in a moment here. Now there's no need for me to write you about this service of the Lord's people, right? For I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about the Macedonians, telling them that since last year you and Achaia were ready to give, and in your enthusiasm was stirred most of them to action, but I'm sending you to the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not saying anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it'd be necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not one, not as one grudgingly given. Now I read it two different ways because I sense kind of a little bit of a sarcastic tone in Paul's voice as he's reading this. And the reason I say that is that if Corinth really, or the people of Corinthians had it really going on, why would Paul have to be so explicit about what God wants for them? They should kind of just know, but really, he had to tell everything about what God wants to share about giving, and actually many other things in this letter. Going on, <clears throat> verse 6, this is the one we usually hear, everything in context, right? Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Does it kind of just trail off there, or is there more to the chapter? Now, there's more. Now, I can't tell you how many places I've been or how many YouTube sermons I've seen. It stops there. And they don't go on. They don't continue. It stops. But there's so much more on this. The real meat and potatoes is coming up yet. That's the real stuff is really coming. Listen to this. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed, and it will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. We just kind of touched on that a few moments ago, didn't we? Providing our needs here at church, giving, investing, right? Moving on. 
You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of your service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise, praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel in Christ. Do you see what the impact of giving does? Right? Let's read back that through. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you. Because of the surpassing grace God has given you, thanks be to God for this incredible gift. Your giving, when we do give joyfully, with a clean heart, with a pure intent, whatever you give in the name of the Lord, has a potential to grow the church, has a potential to grow the church body, adding members, adding people that come to Jesus, come to Christ. And in growing the body, you gain allies. You gain allies in the body in Christ. It just said it. People will start praying for you, right? You gain allies. You gain support. That will invest those people will invest in you, those allies. But, you know, all this isn't about you. It's about your heart, sincerity, like last time we talked. It's about the intention to strengthen and grow the church body. Giving with a cheerful heart, it reaps the benefit of growing God's family. It's not all about monetary gain. It's about investment, legacy, God's legacy. We see in this passage that, once again, Giving is about the intention. You should feel, you shouldn't feel coerced, but give freely what you know to be good and true within your means. For you are made righteous because of your pure intent and the support, prayers, and love of the resulting fruit that it bears. More importantly, because of the grace of God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you once again for bringing us this morning together for this opportunity to worship you in every way, shape, and form. And this morning, as we exercise our worship and giving as well, we ask you to bless this giving, Father. Whatever anybody feels that they can contribute this morning, whether it's the gift of food, whether it's the gift of time, the gift of the dollar monetarily, if it's the gift of sharing their gifts with others, Father, we ask that you continue to bless that each gift, Father, so that it can continue to further your word in your church. We just ask for an amazing service. We pray for Pastor Steve this morning and everyone else involved. Just help us focus on you in your wonderful, amazing name. Amen. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. Very good. Wonderful service yeah. so far. We're going to talk about forgive and be free. And uh, Josh was talking earlier during the worship about the foundation being strong and in the Lord Jesus. And that's, of course, the foundation of Jesus and what he did for us, you know, his shed blood. And we want to get rid of any things that would hinder our witness for him. 
and that good news, because that's what it is, it's good news, that we have to share with a world that needs good news. That's what the world needs in this day, the good news. There's a lot of bad news around. But the good news is that we can be forgiven and we can forgive. And, um, you know, when we say, like a title of this would be forgive and be free, we would say free from what? Well, free from unforgiveness, of course, that's there, but also from the stress that comes from unforgiveness, the anxiety, bitterness, resentment, um, the replaying of the offense over and over, free from negative thoughts about that, the offender, uh, someone that has hurt us. And, you know, when we're staying in unforgiveness, it can lead to jealousy or defilement and even defilement of other people. And I think, I don't, I doubt, I know there's no one here that hasn't been offended or hurt by someone else. And a lot of times it's those, of course, that are closest to us that can hurt us the most because it means the most when they do something that that offends us, that hurts us, that we think they should have done something that they didn't or they should have said something they didn't say or they shouldn't have done something that they did or shouldn't have said something that they said. Um, and, and this can happen, of course, in the church, can happen in the workplace, can happen in the school, can happen in the home. And it can happen in the marriage, too. No surprise. And Joyce, Joyce and I have had to forgive each other for things. Yep, 47 years. Yeah, right. This is, we're in our 48th year right now. We've learned to do that. I uh, I don't know if this is a forgivable offense, but I wore the wrong color socks today. <laughs> I found that out after I got to church. See, I got black shoes and I got black pants, but I got a gray shirt. And I figured, well, that would match with gray socks but Joyce told me what you wore gray socks well it looked like his slipper socks that he wears at home these are my comfortable ones but anyway you know that's pretty very minor, minor very minor but the thing is we are to forgive each other I've, I've had to forgive in my life things. You've had to forgive. But maybe there's something there, and maybe there's someone where there needs to be forgiveness today. And you can be released greatly in your life and freed. Well, what does the Bible say? Do you have anything there? 
Joyce, um, the Bible, what does it say? Well, let's look at what the Bible says about forgiveness. Uh, Matthew 6, 12, and this is Jesus speaking. And this was his prayer. He taught the disciples. And forgive us our debts as we also, say that, as we also forgive, have forgiven our debtors. And then let's look at Mark eleven twenty five. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, I like participation, so I'm going to ask to say anything. Anything against anyone, say anyone, anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And then that was Jesus again here in Colossians. 3.13 says, be tolerant with one another and forgive one another. Whenever any of you has a complaint, blame, fault, quarrel. That's what that word complaint there is. It's a blame. You're blaming someone for something. You see a fault in someone or you have a quarrel against someone, you must forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven you. Let's say that last line together. Just as the Lord has forgiven you. So other versions say there, Bear with one. I think it's a really good word. In fact, I checked the Greek. It means to endure. Put up with. <laughs> oh, all you have to do is think if you're married. Just those are perfect words. And um, I actually Googled it. What is bear with me mean. It's an expression that means be patient with me, hear me out. And I thought that's really good because that means communicating. It's like, let me explain. Let me listen to what you want to explain instead of just reacting. So anyway, so anyway, he asked me to help with his forgiveness message a few weeks ago, and he gave me his scriptures, and I read it, and I says, it seems kind of heavy to me. <laughs> so it was... And I didn't, I didn't take offense. <laughs> if, did, if I, I? <laughs> I even said the last time we were going, I said, you know what, a year ago, I just saw it on... Um, YouTube, a year ago, we did the Valentine's service, and it was a fun one. But, no, he wanted to do forgiveness today. So I believe that Holy Spirit is going to really teach us today. We're actually going to learn something that 
helps each one of us. And it, I think it will be with understanding. Yeah, it's important because if you're, if you're in unforgiveness, and maybe you'll discover that you are and you didn't even realize it but toward someone. But, uh, and it could even be toward God. You know, you're blaming God for something. Or it could even be toward yourself. You have unforgiveness, you're unforgiving yourself. You know, it could be a spouse, it could be a loved one, you know, a family member, or any of the places where we relate to people. But um, that uh, Colossians 3, I'm going to read the last part of verse 12 and then 13 from the Passion Translation. It says there, be merciful, and Lord, may your word just soak into us and uproot any root of bitterness or unforgiveness in this day. We pray there's anointing on your word, we know, to do just that. And I believe, Lord, that that is going to happen here today. And with those watching online that are hearing this, or watching it, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. And Joyce brought that out, you know, it's endeavoring to understand big emphasis on endeavor. Endeavor. It means attempt to try to understand. It's not just, I mean, there's some effort in attempting to try to understand. You know, if we've been hurt in the past, or maybe even by a certain person we've been hurt in the past, and then they say something, just like that, we can take it in a way that we are offended by it. And they may not have meant it at all in an offensive way, but we take it that way. He's speaking from personal experience with me. <laughs> I can tell. And but... it goes the other way, too. <laughs> you know, we've, we've dealt with things like that in our life. And I would guess that some of you have, too. If you haven't, if you're young and in love and just haven't reached that point, well, this, I mean, I don't want to be negative, but you're, you'll probably <laughs> run into things where there is, like we read there, there can be a quarrel over something. It's just the way it is. So um, I've been reading, and it, it wasn't on purpose, but... Um, Denise Renner, The Gift of Forgiveness, Malcolm Smith, Forgiveness, and Joyce Meyer's newest book, Loving People Who Are Hard to Love, but she calls them prickly people. That's why there's cacti on the cover. But some of the quotes as I was reading these is, Joyce Meyer said something that she discovered has been helpful is with her own husband, they're very, very different. But she says, when I say, I think I'm right about this, especially when they're driving in a car and she thinks she has the right way to get someplace, but Dave knows he has the right way. She'll say, I think I'm right, but I could be wrong. I do that. I do that with him too. Even though I know I'm right, I'll say, but I could be wrong. I love it when later... 
You what? all know. What? What do you love? <laughs> what? What'd you say? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I... Often. <laughs> no, I, I missed what you said. When I say I think I'm right, but I could be wrong yeah. about something. Yeah. And then you said I love something. I love it when later it's proven right that oh. I am right. I mean, so you but there's times he's right. I know that too. But it, yeah. So something else she said, disagree agreeably. Because that's with respect. It doesn't say that you have to, I, I, I have to think the way he thinks, agree with what he just said. We're free to express, to share whatever, but to do it in a way disagree agreeably. That equals respect, and I do respect my husband. Well, that's the thing about, you know, a husband and wife. They're partners. I mean, they're God made man, and he knew he needed to make woman to be complementary is the word studied out there in Genesis. Compliment, it's a complementary thing. And we do see things differently. Joyce and I see things differently. We can look at the same thing and see it different. But you know, there's a real strength in that if we come to understand, if we endeavor to understand one another. But there have been times too that uh, we didn't take time to understand and we hurt one another, not wanting to. I don't think I ever really wanted to hurt you. That I think I've thought hard enough. Maybe I think of something. I don't know. But that's a lot of the time that's the way it is. People aren't wanting to hurt one another, but they do. And that's where the endeavoring to understand. Even when right. someone says something or does something and we don't understand it, I've mentioned this before, my dad always would say, well, just give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Give them the benefit of the doubt of it. And you may come to understand later, well, that's the, what we need to do, is come to understand where they're coming from. And that's when, too, we're in that moment, we've been, we've been offended. Well, you know, the word says, Love covers a multitude of sins, too. I mean, offenses. I mean, love does that. Right. Love is what gives. Yes. And you, know, you notice the word forgive? The biggest part of that word is what? Give. And where does giving, what's the heart that that comes from? Love. The heart of love is to give. For God so loved the world that he gave. So the answers for this all come back to God and his great love for us again. How can I forgive you when you've hurt me so badly? Or maybe we've even 
felt betrayed by someone. Well, just look at what we've been forgiven and the price that was paid, the debt that was paid, I mean, the cost that was there. There was a great debt, sin debt that was there. And it was paid for only by the precious blood of Jesus. That's the only way. And we worship him just like we were this morning. We didn't want to stop. I was telling Josh as we were standing up here, I said, wow, it's hard to stop. Great job, worship team, all those that were helping this morning. So thankful for the worship team. And the guys back there and gals that help us with the technical stuff. But thank God that we have the source of forgiveness. I mean, the way of forgiveness. Yes. It's through him we've been forgiven. Now he says, you forgive as I have forgiven you. It's for, from giving. It's from love. Well, let's, let's look at that again. Colossians 3, 12b and 13, the passion. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Let these words, let's let these words soak in. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable. Say that word, unoffendable. See, we, I won't get there today, but later on, we'll, at another time, we'll be talking. And sometimes we talk, too, on, by the way, just the, um, the touch point. You know, Joyce and I, we sit down, it's pretty much like this, every Wednesday, and we share for about a half hour from the Word. You know, we share a few things that are going on in our lives, touch point. We started that during COVID. That's when we started doing that. But it just seemed like it was right. And so we're continuing to do it. But we get into the Word every time on that. But uh, so some of those things we may be talking about there too eventually. But unoffendable. We can come to a li live a lifestyle where it's a lifestyle of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Even before we're offended. It's it's lot, it's even easier just not to get offended in the first place than to get offended and get all upset, get angry, maybe say words we shouldn't have or done things that we shouldn't have, and then have to ask forgiveness ourselves again. Also, um, it says in Psalm 119, 165, it says, "Great peace have they that love thy law, or thy word." I love thy word. Mm -hmm. And nothing. nothing will offend them. Mm -hmm. No, it's good. And, and sometimes in relationships, this, I heard Keith Moore say this. He says, my expectation is nothing, but if something comes forth, I'm appreciative for everything. You know, in a given situation where we think that somebody should give us thanks or, you know, for whatever or, or do things for us. Uh, but he says, 
I appreciate everything, but I expect nothing. You know, my ex if you get that expectation up, well, this person's really going to do something good for me because of whatever, and then it doesn't happen, there can be offense there. Do you hear what I'm saying with that? That one point would be worth your hearing this this morning. It's helped me a lot. I expect nothing, appreciate everything. Let's say that. Expect nothing, appreciate everything. Let's say it again. It's in regard to other people. In regard to other people. Important note. Expect nothing, appreciate everything. Now, there are places where we do have expectation. I mean, we want to encourage people and help them to shoot for their highest goal and so forth. I'm talking about a different aspect You've, there. You jumped to page five. So you're talking about Keith Moore. He said this is a life-changing approach in regards to other people. Don't presume. Yeah, it's presuming. See, that can get us into offense, too, and we're presuming things. It, pride presumes things of others. And humility asks the question. That's another area where offense comes where we're just presuming things of people. We don't understand them, but we're right. just presuming. Right. We're just assuming something. It pre pride presumes that it knows what the other person is thinking. Pride presumes their motives for doing or not doing something. It's lacking true understanding yeah. because it's presumptuous. I know we've had that before. Mm -hmm. I just thought of... What did you think of? <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time, well, this has happened more than once, that I, I closed the cupboard door and it went kind of hard. Remember? Mm -mm. You know? and, and Joyce took it as me. I closed it hard because I was angry. Oh, <laughs> Remember? That's because of what was done before you closed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you assumed that I shut the, the door hard because of that. Well, that was good when you said, no, I, I just closed it. Normal. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't normal. Is this connecting with anybody here? Or are, we the, are we the only ones that have these things? Uh -huh. Or, or the door, it gets shut extra hard. I'm not saying I've never shut the door extra hard because I was a little upset, because that is true. I've yeah, I have too. <laughs> but this whole thing of assuming, it's so much easier. Just don't take, an, don't take an offense, okay? Don't take offense. More than likely, before this day is over, there may be opportunities to take offense mm -hmm. by, from someone. But we're saying, just don't take mm -hmm. the offense. Mm -hmm. Make the devil upset. I'm still working my way through here. This is Colossians 3. 
12 from the Passion. Now be gentle, be humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Joyce mentioned the word endurance earlier. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Thing is, in the family of faith, everybody's different. And that's true of husband and wife particular too. We're different. And a lot of times, you know, you've heard it, opposites attract. And that often happens in, in marriages that there are people that are very different that are attracted to one another. But also it can be the point where there's weaknesses. We all have areas of weakness. There's nobody that doesn't. But here it tells us, tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. Is there someone that you need to release a gift? You need to give a gift of forgiveness to someone today, you know, in your life? See, if we don't, then it's a bondage to us. It's going to be a, a shackle around our leg, and it's also going to be around that person in the spirit realm, for sure. That is really good. If you find fault with someone, if you find fault, that's another thing too that I don't necessarily like it if people are trying to find fault with me, you know. I mean, sure, there's fault. But the thing is, if, if we're loving one another, if we really love one another, we know that we love one another, and we're not going to be cut off when I share something in Joyce that's a fault or she does with me. If I know she's not going to cut me off and her fellowship with me, then I'm free, I'm open to receiving correction like what color socks to wear on a Sunday morning, right? It doesn't offend me. Just think, okay, next time I wear black pants and black shoes, I'll see if I can find some black socks that are clean, right? I don't know if that's a very good example or not. Okay, it's a gift, okay? It's a gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness. There was a prayer in my mom's journal from April 12, 2019, and this is what mom wrote. Thank you, Lord, that you see beyond our faults so we can look beyond any faults in other people. 
and apply your mercy and grace when we have interaction with someone we might find it difficult to love in the natural. That prickly person, mm -hmm. you know, to us. And then she goes on to write, this love sets a good foundation so we may feel free to ask for what we need and want from the Lord. A good foundation. There goes back to that foundation again. You see, when we're living in that place where we're not in unforgiveness, the foundation is strong. And we even, but if we're in unforgiveness, we're against what we're going against what the Word tells us to do. So we're out of line with the word if we haven't forgiven that person. And I'm talking about extremely hard things in our life that have greatly affected our lives. I'm talking about forgiveness. And I'm not talking about feelings first. That's the caboose. I'm talking about a decision. I decide I'm going to forgive whoever it is. I love that we get to choose. Choose to forgive. We have personal choice. We get to choose. I know over the years, I, for some reason, I just think about when our kids were in school and we teach our, we taught our children to respect those in authority. But we can remember times where we had to go to the principal's office because as one of our children would share, there was something said or done in a classroom by a teacher that was not right. And so the thing of, there's quite a few students here or you're younger, but you're dealing with places of authority of teachers. Um, you have, you, work in a school system, so there's those in authority over you there. But the thing of the freedom to say when something is wrong and have what we understood, and because we understood, we did what was uncomfortable, making a definite appointment to talk and to, um, it was the right thing to do. It was right. So it's, there's times when uh, I've heard the phrase that we need to have the vocabulary of silence when you're in a situation with uh, people where it's, they say things, uh, they're doing things or whatever to discern, do I just flip something out or is this a time to have a vocabulary of silence? or taking extra time, what do I say? But I want, to, want you to know that just because we're in an offensive situation, it doesn't mean that we stay there. We have the freedom to share with those who love us yes. that um, something is happening or something's been said and it's been repetitive and uh, so we thank you, Lord, for help with that, too. And again, it just goes back to um, explaining 
with the purpose that you want understanding to come. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. And so we make that decision and we receive of the love of God. We have received his forgiveness because and love forgives and it drops the charges that we are holding against that person. Just like God has with us, he's dropped the charges. And so, Father, in this day, this February 5 of 2023, on this day, or whenever we may be watching this, Lord, we thank you that you show us if there is someone that we are holding unforgiveness toward for something in the past. It may be long past, might be short past, or it might even be toward you, God, or it might even be not forgiving ourselves. But Lord, in this moment of time, we would act on your word and do according to your word and make a decision to forgive. By the power of your Holy Spirit, that anointing, Lord, we know that you are here in this place now to enact these things. Mm -hmm. The power of your Holy Spirit is the power that comes upon us through your love to forgive. We know your faith works by love. Lord, we forgive. We decide to forgive. You just cloister with yourself and the Lord right there, right now, and just come before him. And do what you need to do in your life right now. Hallelujah. Any unforgiveness? It's a decision. Now go by your feelings. Once again, they're the caboose. Make that decision. I decide by faith to forgive this person. I forgive you, God, and I endeavor to understand that person. I understand, God, forgive myself for the failures that I have made. I forgive myself in Jesus' name. I forgive my spouse, my child, my parent, my father, my mother, teacher, student, employer, employee, peer at work, whoever it may be, Lord, we decide to forgive. Oh, what freedom comes forth as we forgive. Freedom. The shackles are broken off. The devil's schemes 
are destroyed. Mm -hmm. The dread and fear melt away in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I have one quote here by Joyce Meyer. She says, be ready to forgive often. Forgive others not because they deserve it, but because you deserve peace. That's where that's how peace comes. Yeah. That's how it comes. That's good. Amen. Love, joy, and peace flow come forth as we forgive. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to share one thing I was reading from Joyce Meyer, and she says, um, talking about prickly people, she says, um, uh, she was a grandparent. She says, I don't go looking for a stuffed porcupine to give my grandchildren as a gift, you know, because she was thinking of prickly people. And um, she said, I don't think they even make them. And I, I Googled it. Minnesota, you can buy stuffed porcupines. I think because there's a lot of them probably in this state. Not prickly people. I meant porcupines. <laughs> there's porcupines. Oh, okay. But anyway... It's like, that's a good um, picture, yeah. kind of. Yeah. And then she went in to describe porcupines, how even with each other, they have a difficult time even getting close to each other to keep each other warm in the winter. But they do it for survival. So I thought that was, yeah, we don't want to be prickly. No. Nope. I wonder where they go in the winter. Mark would know, maybe. Anybody know where the porcupines go in the winter? He said they're out and about. They're out and about. Okay. Out and about. <laughs> well, we're going to be out and about here. Yeah. We have, uh, what do we call it? The coffee bar? The. Okay. Oh, we know where to go. Okay, Thank so you. We'll have that, and if yes. you would like prayer, please come forward. Yes. We'll be here to pray with you. Yes. This morning, so God's blessings on you, and we're going to yes. go forgiven and having forgiven. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes.